It's time for school days. Hope for moms and dads of school-age kids. I tell parents, you're like a training wheel on a bike. Your job isn't to make the bike move. Your job is to keep the bike upright. Those of us who are the true educators, we really want to be given the opportunity to educate the whole child. We can get free college degrees based on all of the opportunities that are out here and available to our students. Oftentimes, as parents, I think we want to protect our kids, but I think one of the greatest gifts we can give them is allowing them to experience adversity. Yeah. Here's your host, Janita Bailey. Good morning. Welcome to School Days, Help for Moms and Dads of School-Aged Kids. I'm Danita Bailey. And I'm Maddie Elkins. So who's Maddie Elkins? Maddie is our intern. She's been with us all summer, and I really kind of just sprung this on her this morning. I was like, hey, do you want to co-host with me this morning? So thank you for pitching in totally last minute. But You're very welcome. She is going to be in college next year, next fall. So I thought, you know, this is the perfect opportunity for her to to kind of voice her opinion and ask some questions of some people that are um, kind of experts in this area. Mm -hmm. And I have so many, just so you're prepared. <laughs> <laughs> so have you started applying already? Um, yes, kind of. I like went and I got all of the stuff that I needed with all the deadlines and all of the um, essay stuff that I need to get done. I just need to actually sit down and do it since mm -hmm. I'm so busy with volleyball in school. Right, you getting are getting ready for school super, since we start busy. tomorrow. Mm. So yeah, so it's all gonna be super fast. Yes, so I'm will. trying to get everything done by Labor Day. So okay, the next month. So okay. Yep. All good. All okay. right. So your freshman year in college is full of new experiences and discoveries. Adulting for the first time can be quite a shock with new responsibilities and autonomy. The fast pace and rigor of college curriculum may come as a surprise. Many students head to college without a realistic view of how life will be. The transition can be super hard and it can also be hard for parents as well. So a friend whose son is going to college for the first time posted an article on Facebook from grownandflown.com and it's entitled the 40 thoughts of moms, um, uh, the 40 thoughts all moms have as call at college drop off. I'm going to get this. <laughs> so anyway, I, I'm, we're not going to read you the 40, but um, I chose the best that I liked. So we made it. I can do this. I am brave and strong and will not lose it. <laughs> Moms have been leaving their kids at college for generations. I'm doing it. I'm smiling. I'm dying on the inside, but I'm smiling. This is stupid. There's nothing wrong with going to college and living at home. I am not brave or strong, and I am losing it. Last week, this kid was in kindergarten. Okay, this was fun and all, doing all the dorm shopping and preparing, but seriously, just come back home with us. O-M-G, it's like a prison cell, except with nicer <laughs> windows and pretty girls next door. Pretty girls next door, like right door, right next door to my son, potentially walking down the hall in their see-through 90s. Nope, nope, nope. Also, I'm not old enough to have kids in college. Who am I? How is it possible I was moving into my own dorm 27 years ago, then I blinked, and here I am again with my kid. Just keep smiling. Don't look sad. Let him put stuff where he wants to put it. Yes, it's not where it should go, but it's not your home. So we just drive away now and leave him here? Yep, and that's a good thing. So before we go any further, let me just say it does take a village. If you hear a great parenting tip or nugget of advice, share it with your parent friends. Facebook it, Instagram it, tweet it, link it in and add the hashtag school days show or hashtag I am school days. And also, if you want to be a part of the show, we would love to hear from you. So if you have any questions or comments, give us a call at 214-431-5062. So today we have on the show Karen Thomas. She's a professor of practice in the Division of Journalism at Southern Methodist University, where she teaches classes that range from beginning reporting to literary journalism. She has spent more than 25 years in the trenches of daily journalism. She worked as a free feature writer for 13 years at the Dallas Morning News, specializing in family issues, narrative writing, and column writing. Prior to joining the Morning News, 
Thomas was a national correspondent for the Chicago Tribune and also covered education on a national, state, and city level. Thomas holds a Master of Fine Arts degree in Narrative Writing from the University of Georgia, a Master of Science degree in Journalism at the Columbia University Graduate School of Journalism, and a Bachelor of Arts degree in Journalism English at the University of Massachusetts at Amherst. So welcome to the show. Thank you. And Maddie, who else do we have on the show? We also have Brooke Watson, and she is a, uh, it's her third year at the illustrious Spelman College on the pre-law track, double majoring in socio sociology and anthropology. She is currently the second vice president of the National Association of the Advancement for Colored People. She was one of the selected students to be a tutor with the first in the world program that helps mend the gap of required class that first year students have to, uh, that have the first year students have to take called the African uh, Diaspora of the World. Alongside her leadership role, she is a member of the um, Alpha Lambda Delta Honor Society, Dean's List, Morehouse Spellman Pre-Law Society, Spell Reads, and the Sisters Keeping It Real Through Service. She is passionate about the um, advocacy of children uh, who are victims of the foster care system and domestic violence. So welcome to the show. Real quick, we caught up with Kenya, who's a mother of two, a senior <laughs> in high school and a sophomore in college. She shared her thoughts about her daughter's first year in college. Let's listen to what she had to say. So as a parent, I think the biggest challenge I faced when my daughter went off to college was that I had this vision of what I wanted her college experience to be like. That was not necessarily what she wanted her college experience to be like. And so it was hard for me when she wasn't experiencing the things that I thought she should experience in terms of friends and um, getting involved in the campus and really just taking advantage of college in ways that I thought that needed to happen. And she did not do that. And so that was um, something that I learned that I should not have done so Karen can you relate to any of those thoughts that either she expressed or that were in the article yes I mean I totally get that and I think that is the hardest job as a parent is that we always have expectations and wishes and desires for our children and what we really have to do is learn to just appreciate who they are mm. and sort of step back from what our wishes are and and let them find their own way and that's easier said than done honestly sure. yeah. yeah um can you remember like any of your thoughts like when your parents like drove away like leaving you at college <laughs> oh god i remember it to this day oh, no. um so at spelman we have a trillion events but one of the last events is where you like say goodbye to your parents mm -hmm. and the band like plays music and then you walk into sister's chapel and sister's chapel is where we have like um convocation um church there's a lot of stuff there mm -hmm. um but it was like hugging my mom i remember i looked at this girl that i had met that day and we both were just like crying <laughs> staring at each other and i think that was the moment i sat in i was like okay i'm out of state I know like two people that I met five minutes ago. <laughs> I know no one. And the only people I know are leaving me right now. And Aww. I was just like, mom, take me with you. I was like, I don't want to do this. This yeah. is way out of my comfort zone. Yeah. But once we went into Sister's Chapel, like we dried up the tears. And then we just listened to music and we all started dancing. And I was just like, okay, this is where I'm supposed to be. Okay. Um, and it got easier because we always were doing stuff. But mm -hmm. that first week was rough <laughs> yeah I, bet. I remember we they drove away i don't remember being super sad <laughs> because we went to what is that place that we went to eat at oh gosh i can't i see it in my head but we just went to, went out to to lunch after and we were like okay is, we're gonna start this new thing we're grownish now right. yeah. grown yes <laughs> And you said Spellman was in Atlanta, right? Yes. Atlanta, yeah. So I think cool. I think that had a lot to do with it because um, I actually didn't want to go to Spellman. Um, I wanted to go to University of Houston. I wanted to stay in the state, be by my friends. <laughs> <laughs> and so I went to Spellman the first time and I was like, wow, this is really cool. And then I went to the Admitted Student Weekend. And I was like, okay, I'm really in love. My mom was right. But I didn't want to tell her she was right. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then like once I actually went, I think 
being out of state is what scared me most. Uh-huh, it wasn't yeah. going to college. It was just like, okay, I genuinely don't know anyone and I'm in another state. Like, what if something happens? What if right. I don't know how to do laundry anymore? Like, what if I, <laughs> what if I forget, forget yeah, how to do laundry? Like, uh, <laughs> and, you know, my mom's my comfort belt. So I was just like, okay. And I'm an extrovert. I'm not introverted. So I was just like, I'll make friends. Like, I got this. But that first day I was then the rubber hit I the kept road. crying. I was like, Aww. please, please stop. Aww. <laughs> oh, and I forgot to mention good gravy. I've known um, Brooke and Karen since Brooke was 10, two. Two. two, no younger. Well, not two because Zion was crawling around when we met them. So oh. um, not quite. She and Nia were learning how to swim together. At, at okay. The, at yeah, we the, met when we were two. Right. Okay. Well, you all were a little bit older than that. You were she was three, three or four. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, so we've, we've yeah, known it's been a long time, a really long time. So it's, it's a little bit odd for me to see Brooke. We used to call her Brookie, yes. <laughs> Brookie cookie, um, all grown up and getting ready. But that's, you know, I'm alive that I just did. I said, she's a soft, she's going to be a sophomore in college. She said, no, I'm a junior. I'm like, oh, <laughs> how's that possible? So, you know, Brooke, how did you learn to balance all this newfound freedom that you were experiencing? Um, I feel like. It wasn't that abnormal for me because me and my mom have a really open relationship. So I was, you know, able to do a lot of things because we had that trust. Um, But I think the first month I kept going out and I would be out until like, you know, three or four. And I would, you know, text my mom like, oh, I'm going home now. And like, I think at a certain point she was just like, Brooke, you don't have to tell me what you're doing. And I was just like, oh, yeah. Like, it was kind of weird trying to get into the habit of like not... um, telling her everything or not not having like i had the freedom of not having to do anything or not having to be anywhere it's like okay i don't have to go to class if i don't want to or i don't have to tell her i'm doing this and that was kind of weird because i was just like okay freedom but like right i want to do it the right way so i would still you know call her and tell her how my days were going but she finally was just like brooke you can be free and i at that point i was like okay let me that was nice yeah some some parents would not do that yeah right they'd be like yeah i want to know everything you're doing but i didn't want to know when she was coming home at three in the morning honestly i did not want to know that um as long as she was safe i mean that those are things for her to sort of figure out and the other thing about brooke that um i knew was going to be fine is that she has great time management skills okay she's very organized so i knew that even though she'd hit some bumps in terms of starting college that she was also like light years ahead of other students yeah because she knew how to manage her time that's and that is so so important yeah i mean i teach and i see students come in and they're they don't know what to do with the freedom because they don't have any concept of what to do with time. And they're all over the place. They don't know how to manage their workload. They don't know how to manage their social life. So she already had the gift of kind of figuring that out. And I think that's just part of her personality isn't something I raised her with. Yeah. She came that way. Yeah. Um, So she was, I knew that she had sort of the things already in place that were going to serve her well as a freshman. Well, that time management piece is huge and really trips a lot of people up because the workload, talk a little bit about that. It's not like high school and the professors are not like teachers. No. no. <laughs> um, I have a serious case of OCD. It's really bad. Um, so. <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> I would say I love college when it comes to time management. Like I love to learn. I love to have planners. Like that's my biggest thing is planning in like, um classes so i would say the number one thing is make a relationship with your professor like i'm not saying y'all have to be best friends but you know talk to them ask questions even if you don't feel like it ask a question so that they know you so that if you you know if you miss class anytime i've ever missed class like a teacher's always like emailed me and been like hey brooke where were you huh. they actually care about like where you were because you, they know you're a good student or if it's like if i do miss class they know i'm not missing it because i just don't want to be there That's um and good. so if, if we have that relationship at that point um, as far as the work, I would say freshman year, you're going to have a lot of prereqs, which are basically like, you know, English, math, things you would take in high school, but they're different. Cause it's like, okay, the professors will, depending on what professor you get, um, that's <laughs> kind of the luck of the draw in college. You'll have really, really bad ones and really, really good ones. Um, but I think that the prereq classes, those are the easiest it's going to get. Um, but the workload's different. It's very, um, whenever you want to do it and it's kind of mm. like 
depending on the teacher, some are more of like, you know, we have PowerPoints and then a test. Other ones are like, we'll read this and we'll discuss. It just kind of depends on the class, but I loved having the freedom to do work when I wanted to, or like, you know, only having one class at 1 p.m. and then I can do whatever I want and still have time to do my homework. So mm -hmm. I think that um, depending on what classes you take, the workload's different, but it's a lot more. Like, it's a lot more demanding. Um, and I'm trying to think. It's a lot more essays, a lot more mm -hmm. um, actually making you critically think. It's not a yeah. lot of just A, B, C, D. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. um, and it's hard at times, especially Spelman, because they're very rigorous with yeah. their classes. Um, in freshman year, they don't they don't play games. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. I remember our freshman year, we did a lot of complaining about the uh, basically saying, don't my professors know that I have other classes? Yeah. And, and oh, let me say something about that because, do. you know, I teach. <laughs> I, I had a student say, why don't all you professors give, like, these assignments in the mid-semester in the end? I was like, it's called midterms and finals, <laughs> and this is how a semester is structured, and you have to figure out how to do your work so that if you have three papers due on the same day, you're not going to do them all the yeah. night before mm -hmm. yes. this is time management mm -hmm. you have to plan them out mm -hmm. and this is it's where my planners come in i would like to point that out <laughs> <laughs> do you have physical planners uh, or like, oh my god oh like four so are you like I a have... franklin covey type girl <laughs> woman <laughs> she color codes them and okay, let me tell you oh okay this is exciting so i have a planner that i hold like physically take with me and i color code them by classes so i color code each class and then i color code like um, so when I was a tutor, I had a color for that. And then um, when it, each organization I'm in, I have a color for that. And I put that on there. And then other things I just write in black. So <laughs> I would do that. And then I have a dry erase calendar. So I would put that up in my room so you can visually see it. And I also um, took this class, and they were talking about how um, when you see something, it like it registers in your brain like, I forgot what it was. But it's like you're conscious of it now. So I like to write down, like, okay, you got it. This month your goals are... Oh, yeah, get writing your GPA down your goals. up here, like get yeah. this class to this point. So I write down goals each month that I want to achieve, my dry erase one, and then I have one on my desk that I write. Like, She's not normal. I just want to <laughs> point this yeah. out. She really, she really came not up with this. Not just a normal student. She's yeah. an abnormal human. Yeah. <laughs> I would say for the average person, one planner is fine. But I know, I know right. plenty of my friends that don't even write in their planners and have perfectly good GPAs. So okay. it's not a, for me, it makes me feel better. And I like, I think the number one thing I would say is syllabus week is the week to get ahead. Like I know most people. No, we don't know what, know what oh, that means. Sorry, sorry. So syllabus week is at the beginning of your semester. Um, basically, you'll go to class. They'll tell you the rules of the class, and they'll give you a syllabus. Um, on your syllabus, it should have all your like quizzes, tests. Um, things you'll do in the class, it never stays the same. It doesn't matter. It just never stays the same. Um, that's, that's because of you students. Oh, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> so we'll put it in the, I'll write everything into my planner and be like, okay, you have a test this day, test that day. So it's already there. So when I get to my week, it's not like I'm like, okay, what do I have to do? Right. It's already there. And then as far as what she was saying about, you know, three essays due in one day, okay, I know next week I have this due, so I'll do it this week. So I like kind of break it up so that by the time I get to midterms, I'm not like as stressed. There's no way not to be stressed during midterms and finals. Mm -hmm. There's just no way. Like you can't, you can't beat the game. But mm -hmm. I think <laughs> you just gotta having play those planners is good because you know what to think of. Like you know what's coming. So. Yeah. 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 So your students that are your students, your classmates that um, are not as organized as you are, what? Are they, how, how are they faring? Because um, we've established that you're not <laughs> normal. So <laughs> a lot of my friends who don't plan a hand kind of just go every day. Like they'll be like, oh, I forgot this was doing. Just do it real quick. Um, but a lot of times they'll forget things and then their grades will drop a little bit because they're not as organized. Mm -hmm. um, and I also have other friends that just, they can function like that. Like they just mm. remember off the top of their head. <sighs> Me personally, I, I will forget something in 10 minutes no. unless I write it down. Um, so it's kind of a way of me being like, okay, today you need to do this, this, and that. Like, I make lists every day. Even if I have nothing to do, I'll make a list of, like, okay, go to the gym, go to class. Mm -hmm. There you go. Good job. Because mm -hmm. um, it's kind of like, okay, I need to get up, do this, do that. Um, but people that – I know a lot of people that don't have planners, and they do perfectly fine. They right. just – you know, they go to class, and they just kind of do it in class. They'll do their homework in class, or they'll just get it done right after and not think about it. Yeah. 
So are there places that you can go to that if you did not arrive to college with these super organizational skills, Mm -hmm. are there places where you can get some help? Yeah, we have um, really good tutor systems. And we also have a um, writing program. So say if you, that was a big help for me freshman year um, because I had a hard time learning how to write. Like I know how to write a good essay, but I write out it. I write as I talk, and that, mm, as we know, that, that's not good for a lot of yeah, people. Yeah, that doesn't work. <laughs> Most. <laughs> so um, I went there, and you basically just go online, you place an appointment, and you go for either 30 minutes or an hour, and you sit with another student who's like an honor student or um, has been excelled excelled well in school, mm-hmm. um, and they basically go through your essay with you for free. Oh, that's um, nice. Yeah. And then we also have, you know, like a math tutor lab. We have... Um, basically every uh every subject that you could think of that you can go to you can also go to your professor office hours are a real thing um and office hours is where you excel that's what it's i've had a lot of times that i've had an 89 in a really hard class and i still got an a because i went to office hours they knew my name i didn't come in just don't go in there at the last week and be Mm-mm. like can you please raise my grade that is like mm-hmm. the number one way to get Not your get teacher your... upset yeah mm-hmm. that is the number one way to make them really really mad um, go to office hours if you genuinely don't understand something. Yes. Um, and always email your teacher and tell them you're coming to office hours because a lot of times, sometimes they go to lunch, sometimes they're not actually in there, or just like make it known like, hey, I'm coming in, I don't understand this, this, and that. And that's where I've gotten the most help is in office hours. But right. like I said, if you don't have a good professor, then I would say the next best thing is like tutoring lab. Yeah. So I'm going to give a little tip here. Okay. This is my um, microeconomic story that I love to tell people. <laughs> piggybacking on what you're saying there. So I was terrible in microeconomics, really, really bad. And I would do okay on the quizzes and then I would fail every single test, but I kept going into office hours. Mm -hmm. So I was building a rapport with my professor, right? Mm -hmm. And um, I finally went to him at the end of the semester before the final and I said, okay, look, dude, I'm gonna fail your class. I'm gonna fail it bad. What do we do about this? You know I've been trying. Um, And he said, okay, here's the deal. We're going to roll the dice. And whatever you get on your final is going to be what you will get in my class. So, right. Brooke's eyes just got really big (laughs) if you're not watching on Facebook Live. (laughs) (laughs) So I studied my tail off and um, went to take the class or went to take the test on that morning. We're in a huge, huge lecture, lecture hall. And we've just gotten started. And, you know, it's completely quiet in there. And then... I hear Danita <laughs> and my professor comes running down the um the aisle and he said I didn't see you in here I thought you were gonna miss the test oh, he no. was really concerned like yeah. he had a vested interest in it too let me tell you I got a B on the test <gasps> yeah. and wow. I got nice. a B in the class but it was all because I had built a rapport with my professor mm-hmm. he cared and he went ahead and rolled the dice with me and it it turned out now that's not going to turn out for everybody yeah <laughs> but um you were yeah. saying how important it is just to build a rapport with your teacher and let them know that you are trying that you yeah. care you're not one of those people that's you know just trying to yeah. get through and and not go to class and things like that and trust me i've had professors that we've we've gone at it like full-on gone at it like I had this one professor. <laughs> I, I don't advise that. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Freshman year, um, what was the class called? It was health issues in the diaspora of the world. And um, I'm a non-math major, math major, so we have to take one science, but you can pick it. But um, the sciences at Spelman are typically really hard, like they're really rigorous. Mm-hmm. Um, and I trusted my roommate, and she was like, just take it. And so we took it together, and she dropped the class the week, and I stayed in it. And it was the hardest class that I've ever experienced at Spelman. Um, and granted, the, the professor was a genius, but she genuinely didn't know how to teach. Like, oh. she would come in and give us 150 slides and be like, okay, we're going to have a <laughs> test next week. Know each slide. Oh, and then she would ask, like, five questions off of one slide. And I'm like, how in the oh world was I supposed to study for that? And so, y'all know me. I'm over. I overdo it. So I studied for, like, six hours. I think I got, like, a 50 on the test, maybe, like, a 46 or something. Ew. So I'm, like, looking around making sure that I'm not the only one that's failed this test. <laughs> Everyone in the class failed except one person who got a B. 
And she said, the only reason I passed this is because I just took bio in um, high school. And so oh. I kind of remembered stuff. And so I said, oh, no, I won't accept this. And she was like, what do you mean? And I was just like, I will go to the department head unless you give us a curve. Because mm. there's no way that everyone Everybody in the class failed. failed. Right. It's you, not us. And so then she was just <laughs> like. There's one common denominator here. So she was bright <laughs> yeah. red. And I was just like, I'm serious. Like, I'm so serious. Either you're going to pass me or we're just not going to do this. And so she, she curved us that time. And then I sat down with her and I was like, this is how you give a good test. And we went through this. This is this is my daughter here who will just take charge. I mean, I've had this problem with her since oh like she goodness. started school and I don't advise. Right. Like telling your professors what How to give to an do. exam. I don't advise it either, but she was horrible. She but sometimes some people get intimidated by her and then they follow her. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Everyone got to be in the class. I would like well, to point that out. Yeah, that worked out. Yeah. What is another way that you can go about that if if you have a professor that genuinely you have some concerns about? Yeah. Well, I think your 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 first line of defense is to go to the professor, uh -huh. right? That's what you do first. You go to the professor and you say, "I don't understand this concept. I was talking to my other classmates. They don't understand it." either what can we do to you know make this more accessible to us can you go over it again or perhaps you know so that is your first line of defense is mm -hmm. to go to the professor and you know state what the problem is and that you're not alone in the problem if you are you can just say i don't understand can right. you help me and then if you don't get any results from that then start going up the chain okay that is when you go to a department chair and say look we went to this professor and we, you know, we're all concerned because none of us passed this exam. We explained to her that we didn't and we didn't get any results from this. What can we do? You want to always keep it positive. You don't want to say she's a terrible teacher. She's, you know, no, I know you didn't. But I'm just saying <laughs> words matter and yeah, how yeah. you pitch that. Yes. And you want to be clear that you want to learn, but you haven't been able to yeah access the material as it's being delivered mm -hmm. yeah and let me clear something up yes i was a little <laughs> aggressive after the test but after the next class i was more positive like i was like okay like can we go over this again because i genuinely like yeah. there's no way that i'm gonna excel on a test that has 150 slides like there's no way i can study study 150 slides and do well mm -hmm. uh, and she was like okay i understand that and she did change the test so it it was that first day i was very aggressive because i was just like there's you it's not upset. fair that, yeah, that we all got bad grades because you made the test like, <laughs> like I felt like I was taking the MCAT. I was like, what's happening right now? Yeah. But I think that um, because she had the open dialogue is why I did well. It's because she was open, like she was receptive yeah. to what I had to say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I kind of had that problem like this year because I take AP and oh, TCC yeah. classes. Yeah, me too. And the, so the finals and the AP tests were on the same week and oh. they – Enter like they like they like overlapped and stuff, and um, when I had I had my TCC final the same day that I had my AP Physics test, and my professor mm -hmm. tried to tell me like oh like you're gonna take the final like a day early, but he only like he told me like the week like the Friday before, but I hadn't I had a whole AP test, so I was like no I'm studying for my AP test, and I don't I can't learn a whole semester worth of stuff like well not that I learned it I'm going over it and stuff, right. but I can't like go over a whole semester worth of material. Um, just to take your test like right when I get back like from that weekend and I have an AP test like it doesn't make any sense and so mm -hmm. we try to like work through that and everything and then basically my like the um, like academics like advisor at my school was like oh no like AP comes before TCC like you're gonna have to change your final like you can't do that to the people that take AP classes because right. right. that's just how it is so exactly. <laughs> but yeah like I totally understand that so yeah so yeah so yes and then uh So, um, one of the questions is like, how much space like should like should you give like your child or like how like you should be like in college because like you know like there are like those parents that call like every single day because I think that's gonna be my mom which I'm not complaining <laughs> at all but no, like yeah. is She's that like listening. a good thing is that like a good thing is no. it a bad thing I, it's not I a good thing. waited for her to call me in the beginning more mm -hmm. than I was calling her even though oh there okay. were times I wanted to check in. Just because, and I probably had, honestly, I probably had a little bit of an advantage because I am a professor. Mm -hmm. And I, I, mm -hmm. I, I right. probably 
you know, understood. And she's yeah. my second child. So I'd already gone through this with the first child. So I think that I had sort of a leg up on that mm-hmm. experience. But she had some, you know, major difficulties her freshman year with mm-hmm. with a roommate without being specific. Oh. But which for me was hard to navigate because she, there were things she had to handle. Right. There were things I was upset about, but I had to allow her to sort of figure out what she wanted to do about them. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then, you know, so as a parent, I'm doing this dance of trying to figure out what she can handle and where I need to step in and go, look, you know, I'm, we're not doing this. So it, it's, you know, it, it's hard. It's very, very hard. You kind of have to almost sit on your hands sometimes. Right, because you want them to if they have not already, or to expand their problem-solving skills. They are adults at this point, and Mm -hmm. you're not going to be there. And in your case, you were miles and miles away. So they've got to learn that. And I can only imagine, because my oldest is 11, (laughs) having to just bite your tongue and let them figure it out. And I think, I also think the advantages are really close. So um, there is always that open space and I, in, in the beginning, I don't really think I had time to call that much. Like, I was so busy. Yeah. Um, so when you first go to college, you'll come earlier than everyone else, and mm-hmm. you'll have, like, a um, freshman admitted – or freshman – they Orientation. Each school, yeah, has a different name for it. But yeah. um, you have a week full of events. Um, and at Spelman, we are really big on tradition. So we call it Spell Gel. So you stay in Spelman the whole um, week, and you do events. Like, you have convocation every morning at 7 a.m., um, all the way up to like 9 or 10 p.m. And that's really the moments that you bond with people, your sister's there. Yeah. Um, and so I didn't really have time to like sit on the phone and be like, hey, mom, this is what's happening. But um, I, she said I did have a lot of challenges with my roommate. Um, and we went through a lot of traumatic things that I had never dealt with, really. Um, and mm-hmm. so it got to the point where like I had to come home for a weekend. Um, I didn't miss any school, but. But I had to come home because it was just, like, so much. And I was just like, okay, I need to take a step back Mm -hmm. and just be around people who, like, my comfort zone and then go back out. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think that Mm -hmm. I had tried to, you know, deal with it. I was like, okay, I'm fine, I'm fine. Like, this is, you know, this is normal. This is freshman and then, like, freshman year. And then I kind of realized, I was like, okay, my experience isn't really normal. And then I was just like, okay, Mm -hmm. I need to kind of digest that and understand what's happening. Um... Yeah, so I had to take a step back and kind of be like, okay, this is happening. But right. um, but I think having my mom there was the reason why I got through it. Yeah. Um, and I went to her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I came to visit and, and all. So, um, yeah. I mean, we got through it. It wasn't pretty at times. But mm-hmm. it was also a learning yeah. curve for both of us. It right. was like, you know, how hard do I push or step in and mm-hmm. how can I pull back so that she can figure out you know, what she wants to do, and it, it was a dance, honestly, mm-hmm. and, a, and a rough dance. I mean, that's the hard parenting line, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I want to fix things sometimes, and this, you know, this yeah. is really a realization that you can't always fix things for them, that they just yeah. have to sort of muddle through and, and figure it out. Real quick, let's take a quick break to say that if you have any questions or comments for our guests, give us a call at 214 214- Four three one five zero six two. I want to follow up on what you were saying. What are what advice would you give to parents that maybe have kids in high school right now and they are trying to? We had somebody online just say that she she is trying not to be a helicopter parent. She right. struggles with that. Right. So how do you begin to let go? Do it in high school yeah. because you have to start letting go. You want to see what they can do and what they can't do. If they're in high school and you're starting to let the reins out, you can correct, right? Right. But when they're away at college, you don't know. And you want your kid equipped to do the best that they can do. And you also want the line of communications open so that if they do stumble or get into trouble, that they can come to you. Absolutely. What do you do when your child is having a difficult time at school and they keep coming home every weekend? I mean, you love the visits, but is that a good thing? No. 
That's not a good thing because they're not getting used to the environment. They're able to like keep stepping out of it. So you have to encourage them to stay because part of what's not happening is they're not making those bonds on campus. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. when you don't do that, then you don't feel part of that community and you're you're going back to your comfort zone. Right. So I would just encourage a student to like, well, just, you know, try and plan a few weekend events and stay there this right. weekend, you know, and see how that goes. Because that's how, I mean, that's how you became part with your friends and yeah. all. I mean, you all are in the same boat. Well, of course, she was too far away yeah. to do that. But, you know, you, you have to give it a chance it is a change and it takes time to become part of a new community Mm -hmm. and it takes time to have a new routine and a new life and you you just have to appreciate that as a freshman and it's not always comfortable change isn't always comfortable no and 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 remember the kids you're with are going through the same exact thing and Mm -hmm. that is what's going to make you bond you're going to want to eat dinner together or you're going to want to hang out on a friday night because you're missing home and you know so there those are the opportunities where your friendships grow Mm -hmm. your parents are going to be there right yeah right and i think that that's like what i like i always say like oh i want to get away from home and i want to be by myself but like in reality i know i'm going to be like that person that comes home every single weekend if i'm like able to if i'm like in a distance where i can drive home every weekend if i wanted to i know that that's how i'm gonna be and i think that that's like with the whole comfort zone thing where i feel like even when i'm like in social situations when i'm not really close with the people that i'm around i think i i actually like i think my mom was like she would agree too like we're at a volleyball tournament and like you know like i have like my friends and stuff but my mom was there and you know all of my friends had their little groups and i'm like not super extroverted and i don't want to go and interrupt Mm -hmm. and try to throw myself into the conversation so i was like oh let me go like talk to my mom because she's there by (laughs) herself and let me just talk to her and she's like go hang out with your friends but i'm like i want to talk to you because you're my mom you know and i feel like i'm always like she's my comfort zone because you know i talk to her all the time and you know so that's how i feel like i'm gonna be and i'm like i need to learn how to not like yeah like always have her as my comfort zone and be able to like go out and do things on my own and not always mom how do i do this what do i do i don't know like and just talk to me about everything and you know i mean i will say that um like kind of what my mom said the times Mm -hmm. that you find your friends is that first week like freshmen stick with freshmen yeah we're all in the same boat none yeah. of us know what's going on <laughs> we're all trying to like figure it out of together course. and then also another way to like make friends is like organization so getting into clubs um finding people who have the same interests your major i have a lot of major friends that we are just like major friends. we're in this together <laughs> right? <laughs> let's write this essay together let's do this together um so I think that's the number one way. Also, I just want to say that, like, college isn't for everyone. Like, um, hearing what the lady said on the phone, like, I've seen people come to Spelman and I just don't see them for months. Like, they don't go to class. They're usually, you know, have a boyfriend or they starstruck. And they just, some people genuinely don't know what to do with the freedom. Yeah. And it's kind of like, I don't know if it goes back to parenting or not. But, like, I know a lot of parents that are, like, very overbearing and um, never really let their child kind of have that experience of freedom they get to school and they just lose it because they don't have any sense of like, okay, they have no, they have no middle ground. It's kind of like, okay, I've always been told I have to be home at this time. I can't do this. I can't do that. So just having right. the ability to do all of it. It's like some people don't know restraint. So I definitely would say that like, if you can, I think that might've been me. <laughs> if you are <laughs> a parent, you know, that has a kid that's going to college soon, like let them go out, let them, I'm not saying like, let them do whatever they want, but kind of give them a little bit of freedom because even I didn't know what to do with the freedom. Like, yeah. sometimes I was yeah. like, wow. I, I, don't. I can just do what I want. Right. Like, it's, like, really weird. It's just like, oh, I don't have a curfew. Like, I don't have. I remember that moment, too, in college. Yeah. yeah. I really do. It and is you're really like, weird. Wow. Nobody's going to say, it's four. Where are you? No. Like, really? Yeah. No. Uh-uh. You got and, your RA. Yeah. But, right. Yeah. Right. The RAs are our age, so mm-hmm. they're not going right. to. They're, they're not, out, They're too. not going to parent you. <laughs> yeah. No. Yes. And mm-hmm. I also would say, like. That first semester, I missed my home, my dog, my yeah. parents so much. But then those moments when I felt sad, I would just call or FaceTime mm-hmm. or I would just, you know, be around your friends. Like, I think that's the number one thing I love about college is like if I'm sad or stressed, I can just go grab one of my friends and be like, let's go get donuts or like let's do something random so that you're not just like sitting in your room sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that's good to always have people around you to occupy your time. Mm-hmm. So, Karen. 
this is a huge change for some kids. So mm-hmm. I know my next door neighbors, the weekend that we started school immediately got tattoos. <laughs> oh, yeah. So what do I do? Should I be concerned about some of the changes I see in my child? Like, you know, my parents are, I got very spiritual when I went down to college. And so my parents thought I joined a cult. And <laughs> 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 so, you know, what would your advice be to parents? Because there are going to be changes. I think you pay attention. And know your child well, and you'll know when your child's really in danger. Um, But otherwise, they're also expressing who they are as an individual. And maybe you're not into tattoos, but they are. (laughs) It's their body. And they're 18. And there's, you know, all you can say is, you know, please put it somewhere where you could cover it up when you get that corporate job like (laughs) 10 years from now and it's not cute. Mm-hmm. Um, it's changing a little bit now. It so is, I heard something on NPR about how tattoos are are more in yeah. for corporate America. I mean, it's though. 2019. Yeah. <laughs> no, you know, and things like that never upset me about my children. I mean, they had piercing. She has a tattoo. I, I I didn't overreact to that because I didn't. I just saw it as an expression of you know trying things on for size and and they were tasteful, honestly. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think you have to pay attention because some kids really do get into trouble, honestly. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it helps. Um, as a professor, I can see it happen in the classroom. I can watch a kid crumble sometimes and mm-hmm. see them go down. And when that happens, I do reach out to the services that we have on campus so that the, you know, the student isn't out there. Or I will, you know, if I have a relationship, I'll pull that person into my office and say, I noticed a real difference in your work. What's going on? Are you okay? How can I help you? Right. Um, and that's really not, it's not necessarily my job, but it is my job because I care about my students and mm-hmm. I don't want to see someone fall through the cracks like that. Um, but parents ought to be paying attention to do do listen carefully, but do also realize some of this is just trying the freedom on. Yeah. And sit on your hands. Yeah. And it may it may not stick. Well, the tattoo will. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you can, like I said, encourage, encourage the tattoos like don't don't use foul words. Don't get that tattooed on you. Mm-hmm. And don't tattoo the boy's name on no, your body. No, don't ever tattoo do not anybody's tattoo name. The boy's no. name or the girl's name. No. And nothing on your neck and nothing on your face. <laughs> Definitely nothing on your face. So I see we have a question um, on with one of our Facebook listeners. You want to read that? And who is that? Um, do you know that person right here? Mm-hmm. That's my mom. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't think it's really a question. It's like more of a comment. Do you okay. want me to read it? Yeah, sure. Okay. She says, I haven't been able to get through, but my comment to Madison is that I want you to, uh, want you to use college as a stepping, to sp- uh, as a stepping stone to spread your wings and fly. We will always be here for you as a soft place to land, oh. but use this time to make new friends, do new things and have the time of your and your mom yes. has the right idea. I know. Yes. Yeah. She, she does. does. Yeah. Every, all of her intentions yeah. are very, very good. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But yeah, anyway, um, what are some of the biggest distractions you ha- or other people around you have experienced in college? <laughs> oh, she's laughing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I would say probably the number one thing is like relationships. So, oh. mm. um, Spelman is an all girl school, but we do have Morehouse, which is like literally two seconds away from us. <laughs> um, my first two years of college, I had a boyfriend. So, I mean, I wasn't really focused on the guys, but um, a lot of people can you know, get boy crazy just as much as boys can get girl crazy. And it's like, you know, no one's telling you to go back to your dorm room or to go do your work. Um, Also, friends can be distraction. I know a lot of times, like, we'll go to the library to study. um, And we have a joke within the AUC. And the AUC is um, Atlantic, Atlantic, Atlanta University Center, which is Clark, Morehouse, and Spelman. Um, We call our library, which we all three share, we call it Club Woody because no (laughs) one ever gets any work done at the library. Like, during midterms and finals, it's literally like a club. Like, everyone's in there talking, loud, eating, 
playing games. Like, it's not. Why is it a library? I don't know. <laughs> there's, I mean, there's, there's books there. There's quiet zones. You can find a quiet zone. Okay. But, like, for the most part, if you need to study, don't go to Club Woody. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> freshman year, we all were in there every day. Like, we had this that big friend so group. Funny. It was, like, 20 people. It was, like, 10 guys, 10 girls. And we would fake study together. <laughs> so, I would never go there with actual work to do. Like, I right. would have, like, you know, busy work. Stuff I can have to do and still get an A on. Um, but I would say knowing those boundaries like if you have a serious test do not study with your friends if you know you're not actually going to study right um because then you'll not do well oh, <laughs> and yeah. then you'll be like well i probably should have separated myself and some friends i can study with we know like we'll we'll be like okay let's not talk for 30 minutes and we'll get work done and then we'll talk <laughs> for five minutes and then we'll be like okay let's go another hour and then stop talking and people like that are really good to have during like midterm and final season like i know mm -hmm. my last final um I was up for three days straight and we literally spent the night in the, wow. in the library and just cranked out all of our work. I was in like, I was so exhausted to the point where like when I got home, my mom had to feed me in the bed, the food. She just, just passed out. She came in and curled up in a knot and went to sleep for like yeah a day. Did and I you mean, remember anything? Yeah, I did well. well I mean, she yeah. did really I got well. A's. Yeah. <laughs> but I, it's just kind of like, like I was saying earlier, you can get ahead, but with finals, it's still kind of like you have a lot so of work to do. Yeah. And I'm the type of person that, like, I know if I go to my room, I'm going to go to sleep. Because I'm mm -hmm. so tired at that point that I'm like, let me stay in here, crank it out, be around people that, you know, I, I can talk to if I need to take a break and just yell or do whatever. Like, we had dance breaks, we had food breaks, all types of things. So it's kind of like having... Knowing, knowing yourself, like if you know you're the type of person that can't study around people, don't go around people. Mm -hmm. Don't even leave your room. But if you know you're the type of person that can multitask, then I would just say learn those boundaries early on. Yeah. Um, and then just go from there. I think also it's important to know your freshman year and just in life. Yeah. Keep good company. Yeah. You need to gravitate towards people that share your values. If you want to get good grades, don't hang out with, we had a group... <laughs> that we called literally the dominoes playing fools because all we ever saw them do was play dominoes. We're headed off the class. They're playing dominoes in the lobby and they were still there and they were upperclassmen, but they were still mm -hmm. there when we were upperclassmen. Yeah. <laughs> so mm -hmm. they, you were, know, six, they were six on the eight year plan. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so gravitate towards people who share whatever your values are mm -hmm. yeah. because mm -hmm. bad company corrects good morals. Yeah. Yes. And I will say that mm -hmm. is one of the things that I admire about my friends most. Uh, most of them come from private school. So they're really, really mm -hmm. intelligent and mm -hmm. they can. I mean, we we mess around a lot and, you know, we joke around, but we all take our grades really, really seriously. Mm -hmm. And I I admire that because I see certain friend groups and I'm like, y'all definitely don't, <laughs> yeah. you know, have. And sometimes it's like, OK, I just want to have an intellectual conversation. Like, you know, not everything is games. Like, I want to talk about serious things. And like, I love that I can have that with my friends. But yeah. we can still also talk about like. Yeah, you know, not dumb stuff, but other things that you know are just not as serious. Right. Um, but yeah. And on the flip side, if you don't have good values about um, academics, maybe you want to find those that do. Right. And that's <laughs> and another thing. Become friends with them. If you're struggling in a class, uh, study with the smartest person. Mm. I know it sounds weird and it's like a little awkward to go up to someone and be like, "Hey, can we study?" But I've done it before and it's really helped me. Or like mm -hmm. even having friends that are like, you know, better at me in this better than me at something mm -hmm. i'd be like hey can you sit down with me for a second and just kind of explain this because not every everything that your professor says is reciprocal like not you're not going to understand everything and sometimes it's just talking to someone else or someone who's already been through the class yeah of like hey this is how it goes like this is how you do it um that's always helped me too so you can just go up to a random smart person and say <laughs> i need your help see the thing about spelman is it's really small so we kind of mm -hmm. know everyone so it's not that awkward for me to be like hey can you be my friend she's but, an extrovert yeah, right that's i am not thing. i would never do you that. would never do that no. okay yeah. <laughs> if you're not comfortable doing that you can always do like office hours or yeah. tutoring like you yeah. don't have to but i mean for me it was just it's not hard for me so yeah, yeah. so you've mentioned a couple times that you're at a small school is is do we need to as parents kind of steer our kids based on who we know they are i know they need to make a good decision but you know a a four-year college isn't right for everybody mm -hmm. and b a huge university with these you know hundreds of people in a lecture hall is not necessarily right for everybody some people need a smaller college type experience so 
what would you say about that? Yeah, that's interesting because as she said in the very beginning, she didn't want to go to Spelman. Right. Spelman got on her list because I kind of knew mm -hmm. it was going to be a really good choice for her. Um, as you can tell, she's really extroverted. So mm -hmm. being at a large university probably would have been okay for Brooke. But I just kind of knew who she was and the kinds of things that she had started to value. And Spelman mm -hmm. just seemed like it was going to be a really good fit for her. And I didn't, but now the trick is not to push it, right? Because mm -hmm. college is her choice. It's not mm -hmm. my choice, even though I'm paying for it. <laughs> um, anyway, but it, it's, it's not, totally it really, it's, it's she, she has to figure out where she wants to be too. So I asked her just to keep an open mind. Just keep an open mind. Apply to a couple of different kinds of schools. Let's go see them. She wouldn't even go see Spelman, okay? And so she put in her applications, and she got accepted. And when she got accepted, I was like, okay, now we have to go see it. Mm -hmm. And when she got there, her reaction was, this is exactly what I didn't want. It's small. There's no football team. It's all girls. Like the dorms are from the dorms. Yeah, the dorm, the dorms <laughs> were antiquated. And she said, but you know what? I feel like I'm home. Mm. And so and I, you know, and I was like and I just stepped back. I mean, a moment me. I'm going like this, you know, like mm -hmm. yay, on the yay. inside, not on the yeah, outside. No, no, no. It's still her choice. So <laughs> right. and she remains calm. She she was just like, you know, do whatever you want. Um, but I think in that moment, that was the first time I actually felt like fulfilled. Like, mm. I felt like I went to a lot of, like, tours, and I was just like, okay, all of y'all have the same thing. You're saying the same yeah. five sentences. I get it. Y'all are good. But, like, it was just, like, nothing. It was just a lot of state schools. It was just a lot of, um, not that they're bad, but, um, what am I trying to say? I just wasn't really. They weren't speaking to yeah, you. Yeah, they yeah. weren't over the top, like, exciting. I was just yeah. like, okay, I can see myself here, I guess. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't like, yay, like, I really want to go here. So, and I kind of felt lost with that for a long time, like. I applied to nine colleges, I think, mm -hmm. um, and I was accepted to all of them, and I was waitlisted at UT, but um, I just still wasn't, like, excited about the process. Yeah. Like, I was just kind of like, okay, I guess. You were not that into them. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> this is what I have to do, so let me do it. Mm -hmm. But once I went to Spelman, it was, like, a different type Home. of. Yeah, like, I was, I was, I had butterflies. It was like, okay. Aww, this that's is awesome. Yeah, this is exciting. I had a very similar experience the whole thing that you're talking about because I was I was at Howard University that was where I wanted to go that's in DC and I wanted to go to a black school a historically black university and I wanted to have the whole experience and they still have um, my deposit for my dorm oh wow <laughs> right and my mother was like um, what about the University of Houston and I was like oh. Right. <laughs> I don't want to go to U of H and it's too close. I wanted to be as far away from home as possible. And I wanted to, you know, have my freedom and do all that stuff. And, and she said, well, let's just go to the Explore weekend. And the Explore weekend was, was what got me. I met my roommate there and I met a group of girls and we, you know, it ended up being home for me and I had a great college experience. So if there are any kids that are listening we do kind of know our kids especially by the time they're you know juniors and seniors in, in high school and so you might want to just you know put something on the list that your parents suggest i'm not saying you have to let us make the decision but definitely we might it. we might have some good suggestions i was opposed yes and i didn't really appreciate it until i was at Spelman mm -hmm. and I think one day I called my mom and I was like just thank you for like Aww. actually pushing me to go because I would have never went and I would have never had this experience if mm -hmm. it wasn't for you to just say just put it on there yeah yeah and when she asked me I was irritated I was really <laughs> I was she was <laughs> <laughs> and um what characteristics do students um need to be successful their freshman year um Besides, like, organization right. stuff that you don't, we, we, yeah. got that. we need a planner, we got that. <laughs> I would say just be open um, mm -hmm. to, you're already getting out of your comfort zone. So be open to joining clubs that you're interested about. Um, really pay attention to what you like. If you're not filling your major, it's okay to change. Mm. Don't try to stay into your major because you're trying to please your parents or you're trying to please other people. Amen. Because... Yeah. Um, a lot of people have changed their majors. I've changed my major. I didn't change it. I just added on a major. But 
it's gonna happen eventually and if you feel it do it earlier than later because if you sit there for two semesters and you're like wow i really hate this Mm -hmm. um and that's another thing like you should be not excited to go to class but at least interested in what you're doing Mm -hmm. or interested in your classes um so i would say do that um also um just be like aware of how you're feeling like mental health is a big thing in college and people don't talk about it um it's a lot of it's a lot like having that many classes and having things to do and just having that freedom being by yourself no one's always constantly saying are you okay like you know we do the oh how are you and you say good Good, no matter how you are um but like mental health is definitely a big thing and a lot of people go through it in college like i gained a lot of anxiety that i never had before college Mm -hmm. and like you know depression comes it's like you're in this new environment by yourself doing a million things um you're so adulting would, yeah and it sucks uh, <laughs> so definitely <laughs> thought it'd be cool but it isn't <laughs> it's not it's not at all um so just pay attention to yourself but be open be open to friends be open to clubs i have friends now that i would have never talked to in high school mm, like never that's good i probably wouldn't even like them mm-hmm. like honestly <laughs> so i think um putting yourself getting out of your comfort zone being open to joining new things like college is a chance to be a new you to do yeah. whatever you want to do um, Start but also over. good time management and organization. <laughs> <laughs> that's your last thought <laughs> yeah i mean this is they say you find yourself in college mm-hmm. because you're going to encounter so many different people yeah. that because we really do live in a bubble mm-hmm. most of us live in a bubble but in college you are joined with people from all their different bubbles yeah. and you know if you just let yourself you can have the opportunity to learn different things and find out about different people and different backgrounds and experiences and and help yourself grow into a a more interesting more more well-rounded person and Mm -hmm. it's definitely uncomfortable at first like it's very very uncomfortable Mm -hmm. what would you say characteristics to be successful as a freshman um a lot of what she said is good Mm -hmm. the other is just to know when you have to take care of yourself you Mm -hmm. know like figure that out there are times where it's okay to come home Mm -hmm. and get in your bed and go to sleep and have your mom cook for you there's no shame in that Mm -hmm. you know i wouldn't want to see you do that every weekend but there are times where you really do need to take care of yourself and so feel free to do that when you have to yeah um and being open to me is the best thing about it it is a new experience you are figuring out who you are and you have to be open to that process yeah Yeah. and last advice for parents let go Mm. let go it's gonna be okay you Mm -hmm. love them they have wings let them flap Mm -hmm. and when they fall down i can't say this enough go sit on your hands Mm. you have to sit on your hands i mean you'll know when you have to scoop in and pick up but by and large don't try and fix everything let them learn. Yeah. Amen. You're hearing that online. We got a couple of people with the uh, p- kids that are going off to college, and they're like, "Wow." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a lot. It's, it's a, a lot. lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of tears. <laughs> well, unfortunately, we are out of time. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Um, at this time, we always want to let you guys know what's going on with Noggin. So, um, my cards are all messed up here. Hmm. I wouldn't normally say that out loud, but now I'm having to stretch here. <laughs> That's funny. So save the date for 9-19-19. That's North Texas Giving Day, which is an 18-hour online giving event designed to empower every person to give back to their community by supporting North Texas nonprofits and causes that they care about. Each year, we receive support from cities all over the U.S., we meaning Noggin, and um, because now we have reached um, kind of all over the world with this show, we are hoping that we will uh, receive even more support um, from different people. And the money that we get on North Texas Giving Day is going to be used for um, our to fund our free tutoring program. This year, we were able to give 13 students free tutoring. Uh, because of North Texas Giving Day. And right now we already have six students on the waiting list. Yay. And we want to make room for a whole lot more. So this year we need to give, we need 334 people to give $30. So what we'll do is we'll keep you posted about our progress. And uh, you can start scheduling your giving starting September 9th. And North Texas Giving Day is actually September 19th, which is my birthday. So um, I'll mention this more as we get closer and uh, provide more details. But I just wanted to put a little bug in your ear. So next week, 
we'll sit down with Talisa Brown, who's the Director of Guidance and Counseling for the Arlington Independent School District, and Jody Dunn, who's the Lead Counselor at Beckham Elementary School in Arlington. They will discuss with us helping your child transition well from elementary to middle school, from middle to high school, as well as other transitions such as homeschool to public and public to private and things like that. So make sure you share with your parent friends about next week. As always, head to our website, schooldayshow.com, for more information. And remember, you don't ever have to miss a show. Find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, and pretty much anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at Noggin Foundation. That's N-O-G-G-I-N. And do you, YouTube, you can find episodes of School Days and other videos featuring the fun educational programs we offer on our YouTube channel. Search for Noggin Educational Foundation. And last but not least, we always want to end our show by saying that David and I are parenting by grace. We depend on God to give us the wisdom and strength we need to raise our kids into flourishing adults. And if you want to know more about that, feel free to email me at info at schooldaysshow.com. You guys have a great week. School Days is sponsored by Noggin Educational Foundation. At Noggin, we provide free educational resources to students from low-income families and support to their parents like the preceding broadcast. School Days is made possible by the generosity of listeners just like you. Please consider donating to Noggin at Noggin, N-O-G-G-I-N, foundation.org.